Hey, what's up, world? Welcome to Season 3 of Snack Size, the podcast that will drag you into your most fabulous life. It's a brand new year, and it's a great time to live the life of your dreams. You've got to do you, because no one else can. And no matter what your happy and fulfilled life looks like, I want to help you get there. Our time together starts now. Hey, Snacks. I am so excited for this episode because we are going to talk about one of my favorite TV shows of all time, Glee. Glee is an American musical comedy drama television series that aired in the United States. It centers on the Glee Club called The New Directions at the fictional William McKinney High School, and the group competes as a show choir while tackling social issues such as sexuality, race, family, relationships, and teamwork. Joining me today is Glee expert and host of the Glee Cat podcast, Connor Burke. Connor is also an Irish actor and playwright. He graduated from Queen Mary University of London in 2018 and has since written several successful plays. Connor became the youngest artist to write and perform a one-man play at the International Dublin Gay Theatre Festival in 2015 with his show Leaving Narnia. Today, we are going to chat with Connor about life lessons we both learned from watching Glee. All the way from across the pond, welcome to Snack Size, Connor Burke. Hi, Connor. Welcome to Snack Size. Hi, Lala. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I am so excited to talk about Glee. On your podcast website, it says, Glee was a moment. And we need to talk about it. So that is what we're going to do today. Um, But before we get started, for those of my listeners who don't know you, because they should know you, because I had the opportunity to be on your podcast, which was an amazing experience, tell them about yourself and about your show. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Connor Burke. Um, I am from Ireland. And I have a podcast called Glee Cup, in which we rewatch every single episode of Glee ever. And every week uh, slash every other week, I have a different guest on to dissect not only the episode, including the musical numbers and the performances, etc., but also talk about the cultural moment that Glee was was in at the time and what it said about culture and society, particularly in the US uh, when, when it came out. It definitely was a really powerful show, and what I really want to dive into today is that the life lessons that may have shaped people like you and me who watch the show. So, you are the Glee expert. I don't (laughs) think I've met anybody that knows Glee more than you. How many episodes in total of Glee are there? There is 121 episodes of Glee. Oh my goodness. Which is iconic. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yes. And how many how many have you covered on your podcast so far? Um, I work really far in advance, Lala. So as of recording this with you right now, I've recorded 70 episodes, but an episode only comes out once a week on Wednesdays. So I think the 26th or something is about to come out. So we work really far in advance due to the pandemic. That makes sense. I remember when I recorded with you, I think I sent you a message and I was like, uh, is my episode coming? (laughs) (laughs) But I definitely think that it's important to work far in advance, which is actually something you can learn from the Glee show about preparing and working hard. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I suppose you definitely know this as well. 
with your podcast, you know, sourcing interesting people who not only are interesting, but who are intelligent and funny and engaging um, takes a lot of time because you have to work your schedule around theirs. And I never wanted to be in a position where I was just looking for people week to week, if that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure. Picking guests is super hard. I know that I'm particular about my guests and that I want them to have a really interesting story and something to share, especially since I have such a short amount of time for my podcast. Mm -hmm. And I commend you for being much farther ahead than I am. I can say that for sure. (laughs) So I I think I asked you to prepare three things that you learned from Glee. What was your first thing that you learned from watching Glee? Fantastic. Yeah. So the first thing I learned from watching Glee is there is nothing more liberating than being yourself. And it may seem, you know, obvious, but once you dissect it, it's so true. It's like, I feel so privileged that even though there might be people who might not like me for who I am, the privilege in being exactly who I am is something that I think often people take for granted um, because not a lot of people have that. And some may say, the majority of people don't have that. And, um, you know, especially you and I being a part of the LGBT community, we probably understand that a lot more than most people. Yes. And I do feel that it is just a human tendency that we always look to someone else to give us love. But what we sometimes forget is that there is someone who loves you and that can be yourself. And what I found interesting about Glee is that that's kind of the storyline that each character had in their own way. They were always looking for someone else to love them or some type of validation in something something else. But then I feel like by the end of the series, they all found their own self-worth. Yes, absolutely. And the beautiful thing about it is that they found their own self-worth through themselves but through each other do you know what i mean i'm watching yes um another ryan murphy show at the minute um pose um which obviously talks about drag culture and ballroom culture in the 1980s in new york and firstly i think it's probably the best thing he's ever made and secondly i am so moved by it it like it's a story about community and acceptance and you know, falling down and having other people pick you back up and brush you off and tell you that everything's going to be okay and your life and experience is just so valid. So it's definitely like a recurring theme throughout his work. And like uh, people who would be considered misfits Mm -hmm. forming a family. And it very does relate to Glee because you have these students that are just all different types of people. Mm -hmm. And they find a way to sort of form this really strong bond that lasts for seasons and seasons, of course. I definitely see that in Pose, too. Pose takes a different slant because, in general, the kids in Glee were pretty safe. There's obviously, like, a safety factor that happens in Pose. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like they get out of their homes and stuff. So that's that's one difference I see. But in terms of, like, all the different people coming together and forming a family, it's very much the same. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, both... Very different, but so touching as well in in their own way, you know. Glee, obviously, in this kind of ridiculous alternative universe that doesn't really exist. And Pose just grounded in this beautiful, oftentimes heartbreaking reality that so many people 
went through and like our brothers and sisters in the LGBT community, you know, back 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago went through. And um, it's just so lovely to watch that show as well. And with that in mind, you know, knowing how far we all have come as a community. Well, we have gotten so sidetracked. So let's move (laughs) to what is your second life lesson that you've learned from Glee? Okay, so the second life lesson that I learned from Glee is that the world isn't black and white, it's grey. There is nuance and people are complicated and messy and it's possible to think and be two things at once, even if on the surface they should be conflicting. It's okay. Um, That is something that I immediately learned from watching the show. I mean... The, the clever thing about Glee was that it initially drew people in because of the big musical numbers and the stereotypical characters. For example, the dumb jock, the effeminate gay man, the big and sassy black woman, the annoying Jewish girl. But what it did very quickly was that it kind of flipped those tropes on their heads. And sometimes it didn't do that brilliantly, but you know, the, it it was done. And that's something that I learned from the show is that uh, nuance and complications and previous experiences really mould a person into who they are today. And everything may not be as it seems when it comes to someone's perception of you or your perception of them. It's so important that you touched on that because people are so scared of gray area. Our human instinct is to accept things that are black and white because it's very easy to understand. Yes. But life has a lot of gray area. And when you're talking about living a happy and fulfilled life, no matter what that looks like for you, there is going to be gray area and you need to be okay with that. And I think that Glee does a really good job of ultimately giving each character a way to accept the nuances, as you say, of themselves and being okay with that grayness. Do you remember watching the show and seeing these nuances and it affected your own life? 100%. I mean, Glee came out when I was 14 and it ended when I was 20. So for those six years, it was really a formative experience in which, I mean, everyone knows that when you're that age, you are coming to terms with all that you are and everything that you're not and you're not sure what you're into you're not sure what kind of person you want to be you're confused you're stressed you know and watching Glee for those six years was my only stability it was a tv show and it was my only stability I mean friends came and went um, relationships broke down but The only thing that I found comfort in was a TV show. So in terms of nuances, I found so much uh, nuances in the characters and the writing and the actors' portrayals of those characters. Someone that immediately, um, you know, jumps to mind is uh, Santana Lopez, who was played by Naya Rivera, who unfortunately passed away in 2020. But she just broke down so many boundaries for being a woman of color who got to play this rich and complex character that initially started out as a sassy cheerleader that maybe said one line or two lines every episode that by the end of the show had turned into this fully formed incredible woman with her own flaws and mistakes and regrets was just the most magical transformation and you know 
I grew up with that character in the sense that I went through a transformation of that myself because by the time the show had ended, I was 20. And um, seeing those nuances was really beautiful. I definitely would have loved to see where she was going to go with her career. And I think that just the Santana Lopez character speaks to so many different people and will continue to speak to people um, as the show re-airs wherever it may be. Absolutely. Amen. What would be your third lesson that you've learned from Glee? So my third lesson that I've learned from Glee comes from one Miss Sue Sylvester, the iconic Sue Sylvester, arguably one of the most legendary TV characters of all time and played by one of the most legendary American actresses and comedians of all time, Miss Jane Lynch. Um, And it's a quote that Sue Sylvester has. So Sue, for people who might not be completely familiar with the show, um, she's a cheerleading coach that always tries to bring the Glee Club down. But she has a news segment on a local news station in Ohio called Sue's Corner. And um, this is one of her fabulous quotes. Uh, This is what she says, which no exaggeration is something I live by and that has got me through so much so she says towards the end of a season one episode she says you know something it's not easy to break out of your comfort zone people will tear you down tell you you shouldn't have bothered in the first place but let me tell you something there's not much of a difference between a stadium full of cheering fans and an angry crowd screaming abuse at you they're both just making a lot of noise how you take it is up to you Convince yourself they're cheering for you. You do that, and someday they will. I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. I just think, firstly, it's a beautiful piece of writing, and it's so succinct. But secondly, it's just something that has resonated with me deeply throughout my life, because I just think it's so true. Glee definitely taught me how to believe in myself. And I think that quote is great for summing that up. It is important that no matter what you want to do, you have to be the first person cheering for yourself. I think that when you look at the story of the new directions, if they stop believing in themselves, and I know their big song is uh, Don't Stop Believing, but if they ever, <laughs> whenever they stopped believing in themselves was when they struggled. And so from Glee, I kind of learned that I was like, even if you don't think it's going to happen, it can, but that's only going to start with you. Absolutely. And I think it's a message. Sue's quote there that I just read out is something that you can carry through your your whole life like I remember when I was 17 and I came out and I was just like oh my god life is going to be easy now life is just going to be easy but then as a lot of people in the queer community know um people are just obsessed with labeling you no matter who you are or where you go so the second that you come out of the closet and you feel like you are going to live your best life. And don't get me wrong. I mean, most people who come out of the closet live a much happier, fulfilled life. But, you know, you're automatically then judged by the community that you are part of. It's this whole thing of what kind of gay person are they? Um, you know, what kind of drag artist are they? It, it, it's very judgmental at, at times. And I know a lot of queer people who are who are put off by by the the LGBT scene for that reason, which is something that I completely understand. So Sue's quote is so apt for no matter who you are or what point you are in in your journey. 
I think you touched on something really important that Glee highlighted was they had characters that were in the closet. They Mm -hmm. had characters that were out of the closet and they had characters that were at one point in the closet and then came out of the closet. And I think what this show really showed me was that being in the closet comes with its set of problems. Mm -hmm. Being out of the closet comes with its set of problems. And at any given point in your life, I guess you just have to choose which works better for you. I personally don't have anything against people who want to stay in. I get it, but there's also going to, you know, there's also issues with that. But being out isn't any easier. And, you know, you definitely see that with Kurt Hummel. It's It's a difficult choice, but I think that you're right. Once you come out, I think that the show kind of romanticizes it a little bit where they made it seem like this great thing, but definitely in the real world, you still have, it's still a struggle. Oh, absolutely. And we even saw with Kurt coming out with, you know, um, the intense bullying that he got uh, from another character. And, you know, he was kissed by this bully who was himself closeted. And with Naira Rivera's character, um, Santana, you know, she was completely pushed aside by her grandmother or even Alex Newell's character, who, um, you know, is, is trans. The, the hardship that that Alex's character went through unique was just kind of unbearable because when you think about it like it wasn't that long ago but it also was a long time ago in terms of like the culture and in terms of you know where like where we were with LGBT rights at the moment like RuPaul's Drag Race was just starting out um, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like there was obviously gay characters on other TV shows, but like Glee was like people often forget that this was a TV show that was the biggest hit on TV. It was beyond mainstream, and it was centered around teenagers. So mm-hmm. this was heavy stuff, and I think people often forget that like it was in so many ways a game changer. The Next point I want to bring up is that times get tough, but it does get better. I mean, I really think you um, see that when Karofsky tried to kill himself after being bullied at his new school. Um, But then by the end of the series, you know, he ends up getting a happy, happy life. Yes, so true. And even from the more kind of sardonic, sarcastic characters like Santana and Sue... They were written so smartly, I feel, Lala, because they were, you know, they they were really funny. And just when they got to the point of, you know, you were kind of thinking, okay, guys, that's not funny anymore. That's just really mean and horrible. And the writers would reel them back in um, and give them a bit more emotion and a bit more depth. And you definitely saw that even with, characters that you might not have liked like you said Dave Karofsky even though things were hard for him they got better the writers mostly gave everyone some kind of redemption or some kind of a second chance and I just think especially as a young queer person um, it would it's a, it's a marvelous thing to look at and it, it makes me so happy that new generations of queer people are discovering the show for the first time and all of the messages um, behind behind the show. And you really hold on to that. Like, if you were someone who grew up watching the show, you really held on to the fact that, like, 
it got better for each one of those characters, and therefore it was written so well that you knew that one day it would for you. Yes, 100%. Like, for me, like, the main original cast literally mirrored my life. So I feel like people often don't understand why, you know, some people might have an emotional um, attachment to a fictional uh, TV show with fictional people. But, like, there is, when it's the only consistent in someone's life, like, you kind of step back and you're like, wow, the impact that that had. Yes, even if you watch it now, which, by the way, if you are in the United States, it is on Netflix right now and you can watch it you still get to learn something. And that's really, really powerful writing when it gets to be relevant to the times, but also timeless in its way. Exactly. And, you know, there's some people who will say that there's elements of the show that are really problematic and they haven't aged well. And that's definitely true. But but you have to realize that at the time, even though it was only 10 years ago, I mean, we've, we've come so far in just even 10 years, but like we've got a million miles more to go. But in those those 10 years, we we have also come very far. Um, so there's definitely things to be learned there. And there's definitely things to be laughed at in the sense that, you know, you watch some episodes and you're like, okay, they could not get away with saying or doing that anymore. But you can kind of take comfort in that we've progressed past that point. If there ever is a glee boot, I think that there's going to be a lot of changes. <laughs> As a project as a whole, over six seasons, Glee did more to change hearts and minds than it did to hurt them. Amen. That is such a succinct <laughs> way of putting it, Lala. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on Snack Size. And for my listeners who want to dive more into Glee with your podcast, where can they find you? Thank you so much, Lala. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Glee Cup Podcast. So that's Glee Cup as in Recap, G-L-E-E-C-A-P Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can find me on both platforms at my personal account, which is at I am Connor Burke. Thank you so much, Connor, for coming on Snack Size. And until next time, Snacks, go be fabulous. Thank you so much, Lala. Hey, Snack. Thanks for hanging out with me and listening to this episode. You can get into every episode over at www.snacksizepodcast.com. And don't forget to register for my email list so I can keep you in the loop about new episodes, sneak peeks, giveaways, and more. That's www.snacksizepodcast.com. Until next time, see you later, Snack. <laughs>